can turn to their newspaper and the newspaper will put out their horoscopes. How many won't list on their social media their sign that that would have some sort of divine influence because of some star and what date they were born? How many don't consider their grandmother to be watching over them and put their trust, look to guidance and hope from the dead? See, the people became so comfortable with this that none of them was either comfortable enough or bold enough to say what Isaiah said, the thing that had to be said. Why consult the dead on behalf of the living, to the law and to the testimony? If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. January 22nd, 2023, Isaiah 819-92. There's a curious expression in the King James Bible. It's found in Isaiah chapter 8. Wizards that peep. One author, Siegbert Becker, decided to write a book with this as the title, Wizards That Peep. And in his book, he writes about the occult and the practices of those who do sorcery and witchcraft and the modern-day reappearance of the occult. Certainly the interest that people have in the occult is nothing new. You only have to go and look and see what the more popular movies are right now. It's those that have to do with the undead or sorcery and horror. It's been popular. Isaiah wrote about these things, these occultic things, 2,700 years ago. And still today, you'll find there's great interest and curiosity regarding the spirits of the dead or communicating with the dead. So, how should a Christian respond to this? Well, as we look at God's word in Isaiah 8 and what Isaiah says about wizards that peep, we find he shed some light on this topic for us. During Isaiah's time, the people were facing a lot of darkness. You can imagine what it must have felt like for the people of Judah and Jerusalem as the northern kingdom under King Pekah had allied himself with the king of Aram and was going against the Israelites. They had conspired to overthrow Judah and Jerusalem together, to conquer them, plunder them. Imagine how that felt for the people of Israel having this rumor of an alliance that was going to crush them. How would you feel if you had all of your neighbors join forces to kill and plunder your home. And during this dark time, you'd think that the people would be turning to their God, turning to the Lord, their God, who had given them his prophets, prophets like Isaiah and Micah and others, who gave them guidance and hope in his word. But instead, what do we see? The people were looking for other sources of truth, other channels of information. They rejected the word of the Lord and turned towards other types of truth that Isaiah here calls wizards that peep. Perhaps better translated in today's language as spiritists and mediums who whisper and mutter. You see, the, the people were turning to these sources of truth. 
Uh, a medium is someone who consults the dead in order to communicate with them. A spirit is someone who channels the, the spirit of those who have died in order to get some information from them by some sort of ritual, allowing that spirit to possess them, or perhaps just channeling information from that spirit. They're really consulting those who have died. And so Isaiah does what really is the obvious, is he asks, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? After all, they, they died. What power do they have? They're dead. Their bodies return to dust and their spirits are being judged by God and they cannot interfere with this world. They weren't even able to stop their own death. What power do they have? Why should not a people consult them? Why shouldn't they consult God and his word? You might begin to wonder, well, how does this happen? How, how do people turn away from consulting the living God to dead people? Well, obviously, it didn't all begin overnight, but the people of Israel began to tolerate the culture and the people around them that had this practice of the occult and dark magic where they would turn to the spirits of the dead, seeking information, desperate for guidance and truth, wanting to know their future. And one generation after another became tolerant. As you see, the, the people would say, well, it's just looking for a little bit more to cover my tracks and to know what's really going to happen. Or, so what if my daughter likes to read the horoscopes in the newspaper? So what if I like entertainment or phone apps that lead me to delve into these things? It's just fun. And we see how it comes slowly. One generation after another gets more and more comfortable with the darkness. You might say, well, that's what people did back then, but they don't do that today, do they? How many are there today that can turn to their newspaper and the newspaper will put out their horoscopes. How many won't list on their social media their sign that that would have some sort of divine influence because of some star and what date they were born? How many don't consider their grandma or grandmother to be watching over them and put their trust, look to guidance and hope from the dead? See, the people became so comfortable with this, that none of them was either comfortable enough or bold enough to say what Isaiah said, the thing that had to be said. Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning, or as some translations say, to the law and to the testimony. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Turn to God's word for truth. If you don't have God's word, if you're turning to these other sources, they have no power and no real truth. And what happens when people turn away from God's word? They're no longer looking to God, but yes, they'll look to God. But when they finally do end up looking up to heaven, they won't do it looking for truth. They'll do it not to ponder his word, but in pride and to prod on their God. It says, distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they're famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Instead of for praise and seeking power, people will turn against God and they'll look up to heaven and they'll curse and blame him for their troubles. 
in a terrible, sad turn of events, those who should have been looking to God for guidance are now blaming him and looking to him as if he's the source of evil, when it's their own evil in their own hearts. And finally, when someone turns away from the word of God, they're ultimately left with that sad reality that they are tossed out from God. They will look towards earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. You see these words piling up, distressed, darkness, gloom, thrust into darkness. God will look at the person who has rejected him and rejected his word in favor of the darkness. And he will say, all right, if you want the darkness, have the darkness and cast them into deepest darkness and despair. Well, maybe you might hear this and wonder and think, well, that's not me. I look to God's word. Do you? Not only do you look to the word, but do you look to it above all other things and sources of truth? That is, when when people see you and, and where you turn in times of trouble, is the word always and foremost the place that you turn, the word of your God? Or there are sometimes other places. Many Christians are led astray as the darkness of this world will lead them away from trusting in God. They might be told by a psychiatrist that to really find what they need, the advice that's given is they should destroy their relationships. Something like divorce is presented as a a quick fix for the problems within marriage. Or something like abortion is presented as a quick fix for the planning that someone has for their life. Or something like self-esteem is presented as the goal. And suddenly, building relationships valuing the dignity of the gift of life, the greatest treasure we're given, and sacrificing on behalf of others is tossed aside for what is really darkness, death, destruction, and division. This is the darkness that the world would lead God's people into. And when they turn to advice for the scientist of this world, the psychiatrist of this world, they will be led further and further and made to feel more and more comfortable with the darkness. Where do you stand and where does your family stand? Do people see you as looking only to the light and consulting the light of God's word first before you'll trust anywhere else? For all those who despise the word and become comfortable with the darkness, They're trying to fight a battle that they cannot win. And they, instead of overcoming their God, will be overcome. Darkness and sin always loses. But not always lost. God tells us in Isaiah, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor the Galilee of the nations, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Galilee, that land full of spiritual darkness, is a place, Isaiah says, where God would cause his light to shine. And this was fulfilled as Jesus came as the light to this dark world. He carried out his work along the Sea of Galilee and mostly around the city of Capernaum, and he brought his word, that light, as Jesus preached, the light of truth. 
He exposed the darkness of evil and sin in our hearts as he spoke God's law. And he pointed people to the word of God where they would find light. And Jesus brought them to the word as he brought them to see the forgiveness of God's light. Forgiveness for sinners found through the Savior that was sent to this world. And that light shined through the word of Christ. And how did that light shine? It shined at its brightest on that darkest day that there ever was. You see, the, the people that had rejected the light of God's word were cursing their God and their king as he hung on the cross. But there, as he faced the darkness on the cross, on our behalf, Jesus the light overcame because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever believes in me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You see, he didn't remain in death. But after he suffered the curse of sin and darkness, and he was thrust from the presence of the Father in our behalf, Jesus rose again with the glorious light and life. And he is that light that shines in this dark world. The Apostle Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1, we have a light shining in a dark place. And you do well to pay attention to it. It is in that light that we read about the victory that our God gives us over the darkness through his son, Jesus, who is Lord of all. And I want to read for you today uh, something that was written about 64 years ago by another pastor. He wrote, Darkness that has fallen over such a large part of Christendom today, the dim light of Christ-denying modernism, idolatrous Catholicism, a confused Protestantism, can be called a direct result of indifference to pure doctrine and to tolerance of all sorts of heretical sects that has been so characteristic of the church in the past century. There can be no hope for better things until Christians are willing to suffer persecution and want for the sake of the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Without changing one dot or tittle of it, not by building great church organizations, or to make an impact in the world by those things, but by faithfully and diligently using the word of God in its truth and purity. By that we shall further the cause of God's kingdom. His urging, and really Isaiah's urging, still remains true for us today. To the word of God, to the testimony. If they don't speak according to that, they have no light of dawn. You know, soon we will join with those who died before us. We too will join the darkness of the grave. But because Christ, who is Lord of all, is the light of all, we will live in the light of his kingdom with glorious bodies in the light of his gospel. We will live forever. That is the light we now have. So what's it going to be? What are you going to turn to, the light or the dark? And what do you want to be remembered for? As someone who sought after the darkness during their life or after the light? I know that I don't want to be remembered for the, the times that I sought the light of my TV or I don't want people to say of me, he loved the light of his phone screen or he loved the light of his shiny car. Rather, I want it to be said, he knew the light of Christ. 
and he turned to the light of God's word and he found in that word a light that overcomes all gloom, distress, and darkness. And this is the light that all of us can say we have found in Christ, who is Lord of all, and he gives light to all by his word. <laughs>